This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. On your itinerary this week, I'm joined by photographer and educator Valerie Jardin. Valerie and I discuss her street and travel photography and some tips for making your own great travel photos. This episode of Your Itinerary is brought to you by This Week in Costa Rica. This week-long, all-inclusive photography workshop will be led by me and Frederick Van Johnson, April 18th through the 25th, 2015. You'll be treated to all the photo opportunities you'd expect in this tropical paradise. You'll shoot wildlife, landscape, street photography, macro, you name it, and Frederick and I will be right alongside you with tips and advice to help you make the most of every unique opportunity. Find out more and register today at thisweekinphoto.com slash week-costa-rica. Welcome to Your Itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and I'm joined today by Valerie Jardin. How did I do on the pronunciation? You did, um, you did just great. Great. Uh, Valerie is a photographer, a workshop leader, and the host of the Street Focus podcast on the TWIP Network. I'm sure by now you've heard her great podcast. Um, pretty much everybody's heard it at this point. So welcome, Valerie, and thanks for being on the show. Hi, Rob. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with a little bit of background. Um, where are you from and what got you started in photography in the first place? Uh, I'm from France and actually I, I live in the States, but I'm, I'm a resident alien. I'm still a French citizen. I'm one of those stubborn French uh, people who don't want to uh, give up their passport. <laughs> but actually, I wouldn't have to. But I'm, um, I've been here for many, many years. Uh, I started photography actually after moving to the States. So I was not a photographer uh, growing up. But my dad uh, was quite an avid photographer, but he was doing mostly wildlife and nature stuff, which was my first interest. But, you know, and then you have kids and shooting wildlife is not very uh, practical right. <laughs> when you have two kids with you at all times. Uh, so my interest quickly shifted to, to other things, more travel, street photography, and so forth. Um, but I did shoot commercially for about 16 years before um, quitting that altogether about a year ago and devoting my time 100% to teaching workshops, uh, writing about photography, blogging, and, and now podcasting. Nice. Was was teaching something that you were always interested in, or did you just sort of you know, evolve that way, like you said? Well, I've... I have a teaching background originally, uh, not in photography, but um, I guess that's always been kind of part of who I am. And uh, for photography, I never, I wasn't interested in teaching in a classroom. Uh, mm-hmm. That wasn't my my thing. I, I knew that I would get quickly bored uh, doing that. So uh, doing the workshops with kind of a natural thing, bringing people to my home country and making it a f- photographic as well as a cultural experience. Nice. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, having taught in the classroom and then the, the workshop experience. It's such a different animal. And I don't mind, I don't mind teaching in a classroom, but um, you know, delivering the same information day after day is a lot different than just sort of reacting to what people are trying to learn in the field. Exactly. And, and being part of it yourself, you know, being out there with them, with your camera. Um, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, talk about living the dream. No doubt. No doubt. So how do you decide where you're going to lead workshops? You mentioned taking people to your home country. Was it, um, do you take people to places that you're interested in, that you're familiar with, or do you, um, do you sometimes take groups, places that you want to explore yourself? Um, well, I, uh, I go places, I go to places where I feel passionate, that I feel passionate about. Um, occasionally I lead, uh, groups like 
people would call me and say, oh, I have a small group. Would you come to our location? That happens very rarely. I, I'm just so busy leading the workshops that I have uh, set up. So I, I started with, um, with France, which is my home country, and, uh, and made the most sense, of course. So Paris was my, it still is one of my most popular workshops. And I also ran a, a very popular workshop in Normandy, which is actually where my family lives on the coast of France. And, um, then I started doing workshops in the States, more weekend workshops, like in, in where I live in Minneapolis, then um, New York and San Diego. And then, um, then I looked at the map and said, where do I want to go next? And um, this year I decided to go to Australia, set up a workshop and it filled up and uh, there I went. So cool. <laughs> now I'm going to Rome next. So I'm trying to, um, you know, I can teach what I teach anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of having local guides to come with me and and um, and lead the way and uh, help me design the itinerary ahead of time. And then people come to those locations to learn to to learn from me. So I have a lot of repeat um repeat students who come who've, who've come to every single workshop actually and kind of wow. following me around so nice yeah nice. and you say people come to learn what you you teach and that you can do that anywhere what is it specifically that that your workshops are are about well the weekend workshops are are all about street photography um and um the week-long workshop the week long workshops, a big component is street photography because that's really what I'm most passionate about. Mm -hmm. But it's more about seeing photographically and creating your own iconic images of a location. Um, for example, when people come to my Paris workshop, um, Yes, they will include people in their shots and we'll do a lot of, we'll, we'll work on street photography a lot. But it's more than that. I want them to be able to go home and put together a book of their of what Paris is to them and that includes you know that's all about storytelling and it's not only about people there's going to be a lot of those you know those little vignette shots that would that will tie the story together so we pay a lot of attention on um those those little details that we walk by every day that are that are the soul of a place as well you know as much as the the, the people who live there and those little details that will actually make the story more interesting and and if you picture if you look at a magazine for example if you have a uh, uh, an article about Paris with a lot of images, you'll have the big iconic landmarks and then you'll have all those little detail shots like the menus, the coffee cup, you know, things like that, right. the bistro chair. So we pay attention to those details so that when they go home, the, the, the goal really is to put together a, a, a book and a lot of them have put together those beautiful coffee table books of their trip and is to have all those elements that will that will connect the big pictures together, basically. So it's really to see a place photographically and to make your own iconic images that are not going to be necessarily what you see on the postcards. And uh, and more often than not, uh, you know, people come to Paris for the first time. They think of the Eiffel Tower and the Champs-Élysées and the Arc de Triomphe and all those iconic places. And when they leave the workshop, they say, well, you know, 
that's not what Paris is. And it may just be the bakery down the street or the little corner cafe. And that's what Paris is to them. So we really try to, to capture those, those elements and so that they make their own iconic images and not the postcard shots. Right. And that's great. I mean, that's, that's the benefit of going on a workshop with someone like yourself who is not only familiar with the place, but as you said, knows how to see photographically, because uh, I think a lot of people, that's their memory of Paris is, is sitting in the cafe and, you know, drinking a glass of wine or or whatever that is. But to be able to actually um, put that into your own photograph and put your own spin on it is, is something that a lot of people need help to do. Yeah, we talked before we started recording about the idea of providing an experience to your clients beyond just the itinerary. And I think that's what's really important when you're when you're leading a workshop. Uh, and it's something that people should look for when they're considering taking a workshop is, uh, as you mentioned, that um, the personal stories and not only, OK, we're going to go to this place and make a picture, but we're going to have some sort of connection to it. We're going to learn about the whether it's the culture or the wildlife or whatever it is that you're shooting um rather than just go collecting images you're you're having an experience and making images along the way yes exactly and i find that so important and having grown up in france and being french i feel it you know all those people really enjoy those stories i i can share along the way of growing up there and how it was to be a high schooler there and and um and things like that and i think it makes it even more special for sure on my my costa rica trip we spend the first half of the week at a it's basically on a farm in these really nice cabins but it's on a farm and we spend a lot of time with local people and it's in this rural area and then the second half of the week is in a more uh a little more high-end resort kind of a place and i'm always I guess pleasantly surprised when people say, "Man, I really miss leaves and lizards." They <laughs> they miss, you know, having muddy boots and hanging out with local people. And even though the resort is fantastic and the food's yeah. great and the people are wonderful, it just doesn't it's not that same sort of Costa Rica experience. That's yeah. true, yeah, I can imagine. And I'm sure, you know, going to Paris with you, people are going to visit neighborhoods that are not necessarily in the guidebook and they're going to learn things that aren't necessarily just your normal, you know, the things yeah. people shoot. That's right. And I tried to, you know, we, I tried to keep it very authentic and, and it could get very tricky in a city like Paris, for example, where, I mean, there are tourists there year round. Um, and I've actually, I just started doing a, a weekend workshop in January and, uh, cause that's one of my favorite times to go. It's mm-hmm. not, uh, it, the weather can be pretty bad, but you know, it's Paris and Paris is, is pretty cool in the rain too. And occasionally it can even snow, which is really cool because who hasn't, uh, dreamed of having, uh, photographs of Paris with a little bit of snow. And so, um, because it's a little bit more authentic, you know, it's considered more the off season. Mm-hmm. And I never lead my workshops in the middle of summer. It would be crazy. Um, and, and they're usually more in May and September and you know, October and the weather is perfect. And, um, and they're, you know, it's not peak season, but it gets busy. So you really have to get off the, the beaten path and, uh, and try to, to get to neighborhoods that are a bit less traveled. For sure. And so, um, and in a place like Paris, it's so safe. And, and, uh, we, we even wander at night, um, 
I mean, I have no problem walking around Paris at night by myself, for example. Uh, you know, there are most neighborhoods. I mean, you have to know where you're going, but sure. central Paris is is, uh, is is very safe. But then when I go to to another country, I um, I make sure I have a, a local guide who really knows the culture, you know, just to share that experience with my students. And I find it um, I find it a necessary part of, of a workshop. Absolutely. And having a local guide too, I think sort of frees you up as the instructor to talk about photography and help people with their cameras and their pictures and not have to worry about the logistics as much. Exactly. Like like my Normandy uh, workshop, which is highly popular. I'm not running it in 2015. I'm taking a year break to redesign a few things, but uh, I ran it uh, a few times over the past couple of years. And we do a day of just D-Day uh, World War II areas. Mm-hmm. And I designed the itinerary to be interesting for photographers. Um, but I also hire a bilingual historian on that day who specializes in World War II history to answer all the questions they may have. I mean, I grew up there. I, you know, my, my parents were there on D-Day. They were little kids. My grandparents wow. uh, fought in World War II. So I know a lot of it, I, but I'm, it's not my passion. It's mm-hmm. not what I specialize in. And I wouldn't be able to answer every question my, my, um, my participants have. And so that day I have a bilingual historian with us all day um, and they can ask all the questions. And yeah, that takes a little bit of the pressure off me too, because you have to wear many hats when you uh, lead a workshop. Right, right. And then for someone who's, who's traveling on their own, that's, that's a really good tip. Find somebody that's local that can take you around and show you the spots. Exactly. Oh, they and they are everywhere. I find, uh, you know, if you do a little bit of research, um, I mean, just the the landing area in Normandy is a, is a good example. There are a lot of uh, people who freelance, and, and that's what they do. That's their passion. And uh, yes, it's going to cost you a few bucks, but the experience is going to be amazing. And uh, and I think that's part of. Uh, you know, that's something you have to kind of include in your budget when you travel. Absolutely. I was talking to a friend yesterday and he visited Hawaii this year and he found a guy that would, took him to, he said, four or five spots over the course of a day uh, on, I don't remember which island he was on, but I think he paid a guy a hundred bucks and he went and showed him all the spots. So then he went back on his own and was able to work those areas and sort of decide where he wanted to go shoot. That's a good idea. You know, as a photographer, we, we definitely want to spend more time everywhere than regular people do you mm-hmm. know so if you take a day tour to you know the d-day beaches you're not necessarily going to be able to spend the time and go to all the places that you want but if you have that local guide and they show you the spots then you just get your rental car and go back to the places that you you liked and you can spend all day shooting if you want exactly that's a good point mm-hmm. well you're you're known for your street photography and we've talked about street photography a few times how did you how did you get into that how did you get interested in that I think I'm, I, I just love people and, um, I started, <laughs> and you know, when you're a street photographer, you're usually very close to, to your subject. That's the whole point of street photography. But I didn't start that way. I, I was hiding behind a long lens at first, too, like may, very many other sure. uh, new street photographer. And uh, But I was always drawn to people and their story. And, and very young, even, I, I was always curious. You know how you drive by at night? You drive by people's windows, and you want to kind of imagine what's going on. You know, the light is on, and sometimes you see people walk through their living room or something as you're driving by or walking by and I've always 
had been interested in stories and what people do and and just imagining hmm. uh, what their lives were like. And I think that's something I carried on into photography, you know, always seeing stories everywhere and always being in tune with, with what's happening around me. And uh, so I, I love to to photograph people in candid situations. And I've also uh, done a lot of street portraiture where actually I have an interaction with my subject and, and I find out about their lives and, and, uh, and their stories. And uh, so I do a little bit of both. A lot of street photographers only do one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mostly candid is the more authentic, you know, street photography. But I like to mix it a little bit. And I, I just love talking with strangers all the time. So I, um, I do both. And um, I just love it. I, I, there is a story at every street corner. And, uh, and you just have to to train yourself to to see it. I mean people people don't see. They just walk by and they don't pay attention to to what's happening around them, but there are some beautiful beautiful stories to capture. Sure. And I think that's the fun of really good street photography is you're capturing your idea of the story. And mm-hmm. it, it might not be the actual story, but but to to capture little juxtapositions and interactions and things like that that um, you can basically as the photographer tell whatever story that you want. Exactly, and you'll never know. So right. that's even more fun. It's the the mystery. Yeah, sure. I think Jay Maisel is my favorite yes. photographer at at that. His, yeah, he, you know, he shoots things that five thousand people walk past every day and don't even yeah. notice. And that's true. Yeah, uh, I just awesome. got his book, by the way, his latest book, oh, which is I, awesome. I haven't. I might be on my Christmas list. Really good. <laughs> um, do you think that that photographing the people in a place is the best way to depict? Sort of that sense of place in a picture. Oh, absolutely! I feel I and and maybe it's because I am so drawn to street photography. But I, I find images of of cities without people very uninteresting and and very hard to get. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, unless you do a lot of post processing and you're able to remove. Uh, the human elements from your uh, from your landmarks and so forth, but even in landscape, I love having the human element. Mm-hmm. I think it adds a sense of place and a sense of scale. It adds life, and um, to me, a, a, an image is not complete without the human element. And I am more drawn to urban landscape than nature. But um, yes, I, I definitely, and, and trying to. To capture locals versus tourists, and, and uh, that's something that we really uh, we really try to do uh, during the workshops because you, you want to capture the the, the locals and uh, and, and people you know gestures and expressions and uh, people going about their daily lives and uh, to me that's what traveling is all about. Right, I agree. I agree. And I you mentioned take. Hey, putting a book together for your trip to Paris, for example, and you might have the, the cup of coffee and, of course, the, the shot of the Eiffel Tower in the background of something. But without the pictures of people to go with it, it's just sort of pictures of stuff. Exactly. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, and when people come on my workshop, I mean, they're really, really into, um, you know, street photography is their 
either their first step into street photography or they've been doing it for a while, but that's definitely one of their main interests. And so, so they will have some pretty amazing. I just did a blog post of some of uh, my students' work from my last Paris workshop. Um, and, uh, well, there are a lot of shots in there that I wish I had taken. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they get some really, really cool shots. And I'm just so, so happy when uh, I see the, the work and we do the final critique and, and to know that they, because in street photography, you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get 10 great shots in a day. That's not realistic. You have so little control that um, if you, you know, if you have on any given day, you have one shot that you're really proud of. That's that's pretty amazing. So, um, so when I see the, the the images that they collect uh, in a week and how how much more comfortable they get after a few days, and uh, it's it's so gratifying. Sure, I've got a, a student who was she was in my digital one hundred and one class here in Atlanta, and then my one hundred and two class, and then she's been on my Costa Rica workshop four times, and she's been on other workshops with me. And when she started out, she was the most fun, most enthusiastic person in the class, but probably made the the most mundane sort of boring photos. And now after a week in Costa Rica, I know her pictures are going to be some of the best. Yeah. Um, and it's been really, um, uh, it's been really fun yeah. and really gratifying to watch her become a really great photographer over the years. Yeah. So. yeah. That, that is great. Yeah. I've had, I've experienced the same thing. Some people that have come on several of my workshops and I've watched them grow and I follow them. I see their work on Facebook and things that they do, you know, um, between workshops and, uh, just, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah that's great. Um, one of the first pictures that I ever, that I was aware of, you know, Valerie Jardin that, that I saw on Google plus, I think was this, a picture of a waiter in Paris and he's sitting on the back of a scooter uh, smoking a cigarette, right? Yeah. And the thing that struck me about that picture is I couldn't tell by looking at it whether you took it yesterday or whether you took it in 1952 or any time in between. Oh, come on. I'm not that old. Well, no, I, I just it just had that yeah. timeless quality to it. Um, yeah. And it, I think that's so cool. Is that something that you as a photographer go looking for? Or do you just react to your environment and Paris is just that kind of place? Well, Paris... As well as other places, I mean, I feel like um, Paris definitely has a timeless quality. And, and to me, it is a black and white city. And I don't necessarily, I don't convert everything into black and white. I mean, there are color images that it would be a crime to convert into black and white. So, uh, but I would say 90% of my work is black and white. And uh, that particular shot, uh, that was a, a street portrait. There was a, there was a eye contact. And um, and I ended up talking with the waiter afterwards. His name was Pierre. How <laughs> fitting, mm -hmm. huh? And uh, <laughs> and well, he was sitting on the back of those those whole row of motorcycles, and uh, and there was a lot of color distraction, which made it you know too modern. And but he was so timeless himself in the way he was he was uh, he was dressed and his hair and and. Um, and he was actually, he had his cell phone in his hand, but you can't really notice it. Actually, he wasn't buried in his cell phone like most people are sure. now. He actually had a cigarette, which to me, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but it's kind of refreshing to see that people are still on their <laughs> cigarette break versus being on their cell phone break. Sure. So it just makes <laughs> pictures a lot more interesting. And so, um, and yes, the French smoke too much, but 
I sure hope they don't stop because I think <laughs> we get better street shots that way. Uh, so, um, so he was sitting there. So the, the black and white conversion removed all the color distractions and, um, and, and we forget what time it is. I mean, you really have to look close at the motorcycles to see that, oh yeah, they're modern. And, um, but thank you. Yes, that was, uh, that was really the, the, what I was looking for when I saw him. I saw the timeless quality in the subject. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't always move your subject, even if you have, um, you're doing a street portrait. Obviously, there he was on his break. He was. T- I wasn't going to say, "Oh, could you just move across the street? We have a, we have a better backdrop." You know, <laughs> you, you kind of have to gauge. Like, okay, he probably only has a ten minute break. I'm not going to start taking all his time. So, I figured I'll just work with what I have, and and I positioned myself in a way that, yeah, I kind of like that row of motorcycles, and you know, with a black and white conversion, I think it will be a pretty timeless shot. And so, great. Cool. Yeah, and and a shot like that, if there's a you know, a 2013 Chevy Suburban in the background. It just, you know, <laughs> pops, pops the whole bubble of the <laughs> the suspension of disbelief, sort of. But, yeah. um, and that's important for people to, to know, too. And I'm sure you talk about that in your workshops, that um, in a place like Paris, especially, if you can leave out the, as much modern things as you can leave out of a picture, the I think it, it adds to the timeless quality of the photos. Yeah, finding your stage, definitely. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to... Wrap it up a little bit and um, give hit you with the uh, five questions. Okay. So the first one: uh, What is your current photo gear setup? Um, my Fuji X100S number one, and my backup is the Fuji XT1. Gotcha. Which is funny. So you use your interchangeable lens camera as your backup <laughs> to your fixed lens camera. Yes. That's I interesting. Just, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, how is, has that changed in the last year? I added the X-T1 for backup, mm-hmm. and actually, I almost got another X-100 for backup, and I thought, well, that's kind of silly, because the X-T1 is pretty cool, and I could, you know, change lenses, which I never do. I <laughs> never, ever carry an extra lens with me, um, and never did on... Um, when I travel, um, I, the only time I ever carried extra gear was on a client shoot when I was still shooting for clients. Uh, it's one camera, one lens. And with the X100, that takes the, that takes the um, thinking out of the equation since I can't change the lens. So I love it. There you go. Well, do you put a, a longer lens on the X-T1 or do you have the same focal length? Um, I, right now I still have just the kit lens, which is a fabulous kit lens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a, I I like prime lenses. I seriously, I keep, when I have this camera out, it's, it's probably on 23 millimeter all the time, which is the focal length of the X100S. And that's my comfort zone. That's perfect for street photography. And, um, and it works for everything. I mean, I went to Iceland with the Fuji X100S exclusively, and I nice. made it work. So um, I think you just have to work with your limitations, and I think that often makes you work a little harder and a little better. Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, it, the more time you spend trying to figure out which lens you're going to use, the less time you're shooting and less pictures you're yeah. making. So. And when you're a street photographer, that's definitely when you're going to miss the shot. No doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. Well, um, what do you do on the road to make your hotel room feel like you're home away from home? I don't stay in hotels. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I always stay in apartments. Yes. I, mm-hmm. uh, I like to live like a local. And, um, so I usually rent a short term apartment and, um, I even did it in Australia where I actually 
rented a room in somebody's apartment and I stayed with the most fabulous um, lady who had had the most fascinating life. I was staying in a multi-million dollar condo right on the waterfront overlooking, you know, the pier and the palm trees and I had a million dollar view and I was um I was just renting a room in her apartment and I just love meeting local people. So, you know, if you look at reviews, you go through Airbnb and those sites, I've never been disappointed and I think it's just so much better than staying in hotels. It's more personable. Yeah, that's a great tip. In fact, the last time I was in Paris, that's what that's what we did. My wife and I rented a um, an apartment mm-hmm. and we would go to the cafe downstairs and have our coffee in the oh. morning and it was right down the street from the train station. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the only time I'm going to stay in a hotel is uh, when I go to Rome um, because um, because it's new and I figure, well, I'll just hang out. <laughs> well, the Rome workshop filled up with all return return students so <laughs> i'm basically going on vacation with uh with a group of friends nice. <laughs> so i figure well, since i know everybody and we all get along so well i might as well stay with everybody else so uh, so i'll have the hotel experience for the for you know one of rare time so i'll be able to answer your question then <laughs> okay great <laughs> uh, from a photography standpoint what's your favorite place that you visited lately um well besides paris which is a constant i mean that's Paris is the is my first love. Um, mm-hmm. I would say New York City, and I think for I just I did two workshops there this year, and I can't get enough of it. I feel that for a street photographer or any photographer, I think New York is a life changing experience. Yeah, I agree. I think I missed you by three days in New York this year. Oh yes, yes. So. But next year I'll do the workshop right after Photo Plus, so I'll probably do both. Cool. Great. Well, what's uh, what's next on your list? What are you looking forward to visiting and shooting next? Um, well, I'm, t- I'm doing Rome, which is going to be new this uh, coming year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, I'm uh, on the top of my list. Or it's probably Istanbul. Cool. Which I may be adding in 2016. Nice. I didn't... With, and, and I know some uh, some good people there that can help me out with, you know, local guides and, and, uh, I know some street photographers there. So I think it could be a, a really cool place for my next adventure. Cool. Sounds good. Well, where can people find you online and uh, see more of your work? Oh, uh, on the TWIP network at street focus, or they can visit my website and get links to my blogs and everything. And that's Valérie Jardin photography, all in one word, V A L E R I E J A R D I N photography.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks for coming on the show and, uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you. And if you like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all of your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us some positive feedback. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography. Photography.